Welcome back to the JV Show. Today is October 17th, and we're going to be recapping most of week six. Still have the Monday night game uh, tonight. We'll be talking about that uh, a little bit later once we fast forward in time. But before we get into all that, I wanted to thank you, everyone, for your support. We actually crossed over 100 listens uh, sometime last week, which is just incredible. I, I, when, when I started this, it was purely because it's something that I've always wanted to do. I love listening to podcasts. It's my favorite medium. And honestly, it almost felt like I wanted to give back to the medium that's given me so many hours of entertainment and uh, ways to kill time. And I've been having a blast doing it. And I have no intention of stopping sometime soon, you know. Hope to keep this going for, for quite a bit. Um, but if you are enjoying this, uh, if you guys could leave us a five-star review on Apple or Pod, uh, Spotify podcast, wherever you guys listen. And you can also follow me at John H. Van Dyke on Instagram. But with all that stuff out of the way, let's get into a kind of a perplexing week. Uh, didn't do too hot. Through Sunday, on the picks, went 7 out of 12, picking straight up, and 6 out of 12 against the spread. A lot of the big favorites did not come through. In fact, I'm looking at my sheet right now. Three of the favorites by either 5.5 or more outright lost. No, four of them actually outright lost. So that's not great. But let's get into the whys of those games. So I'll circle back to Thursday night. Uh, Carson Wentz is injured. He got a broken finger or it's his thumb. I don't really remember, but again, who cares? They're 2-4 and four and not going anywhere, especially in that division with it being as surprisingly good as it is. Uh, the biggest story was Brian Robinson had 17 carries and about 70 yards and a touchdown. That's cool. I think he's supplanted Antonio Gibson, even though Ron Rivera came out and said that he wants to give Antonio Gibson more touches, which, you know, you're in control of that. Like, you can make that happen if you want to. I, I always hate it when coaches say, that, oh, we want to get this guy more touches, manufacture more touches. It's in your power to do that, you know. Uh, nobody else is stopping you from doing that. Um, Anyway, uh, from the commander's side, this team's going nowhere, much like their opponent. It's I don't really the what we're taking away from this game. I don't I think is inconsequential to the rest of the season and the outlook for the playoffs. Same thing with the Bears. You know, Fields simultaneously is one of the only reasons they're in these games, and also is part of the reason why they're just not very good. Uh, Khalil Herbert needs to get the ball more. That's all I got to say. He is electric and good, and David Montgomery. It's strange because Montgomery has games where he looks like one of the best running backs in the league, and then his backup makes him look inept at times. Very strange. Darnell Nooney actually had more than two receptions, so that's fun. But neither of these teams are are good. They're bottom of the league, and if it wasn't for another team that we're going to talk about in a bit, these two would be competing for most likely the worst team in the league. All right, let's jump right into Sunday with a game that 
I feel like I should have had right. You know, I had the Ravens winning this game, but I had the Giants covering the five and a half. The Giants covered, but Lamar had some mistakes in this game. He turned the ball over, and he also took a sack that kicked him out of field goal range. I feel like if he had just kept him in that field goal range, the Ravens probably should have won this game. Also, Tucker missed a field goal, which is... Whew, um, don't expect that to happen a lot, but I love the way Brian Dable has this team playing. Um, someone made a comment on another podcast that I found pretty interesting. The Ravens, or not the Ravens, the Giants' defense, it doesn't feel like they're making the other offense you know, bad or playing poorly. It just feels like the offense that they're playing shoots themselves in the foot, and the Giants know how to capitalize on that. But I also want to give them credit because, again, Lamar was contained. If this is some indictment on Lamar, because the past several weeks he's he hasn't been very good. You know, he did enough to beat the Bengals last week, but I think that game could have gone either way. And then he didn't score a single point in the second half against the Bills. And now they lose to the Giants. And the Giants may just be really good with a cap of their ceiling due to the quarterback, which... To be fair to Daniel Jones, he doesn't have a lot to go with. Their receivers are somehow in a worse position than the Green Bay Packers. But DJ's he's done enough with this team and Saquon behind him. They're five and one, and they're looking pretty solid. Do I expect them to be a playoff contender? I think they can make it, especially with how awful the NFC has looked, especially after this week. But I don't think they're going to be going deep into the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know, I don't want to call a, a team that's five and one a fraud. But you know, it's hard to call them a fraud because I don't think anybody really believes in them. So you know, credit to the Giants—they pulled it off. The Ravens have some question marks, though. I'm I'm getting more and more concerned about them. Uh, uh, maybe when Rashad Bateman comes back, things will start to look up for them. But I'm, I don't know. I, I really love Lamar, but he's, he's, he's not been very consistent and has let them down late in games. Because um, they could easily be 3-0 over the past several weeks, and they just, they have not been able to pull it out in the end. And again, you know, injuries and all that, uh, notwithstanding, Lamar's got to play better. He's got to stop overthrowing his wide receivers for one. And, you know, my fantasy team would have appreciated Devin DuVernay getting more touches, but that's just me being selfish. Um, Also, Saquon not getting that second touchdown was a heartbreaker, Uh, even though it was a smart football play. I would have liked him to just get, you know, a second touchdown. It would have made me feel better since I traded for Saquon in fantasy this past week. But I think on the outlook for these two teams, the Giants... They're looking good. And the Ravens, um, kind of like with the NFC, I'm not totally impressed with the hierarchy of the AFC right now. So I think they'll be fine. But uh, they're tied for the first in division, and I, I'm not feeling the best about them. Um, maybe if Gus Edwards and Rashad Bateman comes back and in, injects some life into them. But I'm I'm concerned for them. All right, so let's move on to a game that I don't think anybody called right the Bucks 
not only did they not cover the minus eight, they outright lost to the Steelers. Um, I'm not going to talk about Brady's personal life. He missed practice on Friday, and he gets the off days on Wednesdays. You know, the reasons I don't really care about. I just care that it looks like he has no rapport with his receivers. The only person on the Bucks offense that looks to be doing anything is Leonard Fournette. And even still, he's not he has not had a great game running the ball yet. He's been excellent for fantasy football if you have him because he's catching a ton of passes. And it's just Brady dumping the ball off to him because it, it just feels like Brady either doesn't trust his offensive line, which is evident because he was yelling and berating them at the end of the game. But I'm going to give the Steelers' defense some credit, too. They showed up after getting absolutely embarrassed last week against the Bills, and Tomlin came out and coached a good game. They lost Kenny Pickett to a concussion. Trubisky came out and played played pretty well. I felt like they had a lot of third and longs, and they were able to make it it happen with them. Najee Harris, you know, I still don't... Oh, the Steelers finally had a receiver catch a touchdown in Chase Claypool. So that's fun. Six weeks into the season. That's pretty cool, I guess. Uh Steelers are still really bad. I expect them to be one of the one of the worst teams in the in the league. Um I, I think this honestly I'm gonna say this is more of an indictment on the Bucks than it is on the Steelers. Or than it is as a good thing to the Steelers. because uh, Trubisky came and played a good game. He was nine of twelve for 140 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he hasn't been like that at all this season. And, oh wait, I lied. Chase Claypool did not. What the hell? I'm so confused right now. Looking at receiving. Oh yeah, okay, I'm not crazy. Jeez, I'm looking at the wrong stats. Uh, Claypool finally had a good game. Seven for 96 and a touchdown. Najee had two receptions for seven yards and a touchdown. Talk about efficiency, but I did not... I'm not picking the Steelers to do anything spectacular. You know, they're two and four, and they're two and four for a reason. I think this is still the either first or second season that Tomlin goes under 500 for the year, and I'm I'm worried about the Bucks because um, they haven't looked great in a single game this season. Even the one against the Cowboys in the beginning of the season, where we thought, oh, they're just waiting to get receivers healthy. Um, you know, Brady's missed parts of the offseason, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to push the panic button yet because the NFC is still bad, but the Falcons have tied them in the division, and the Falcons have been frisky. And honestly, if it wasn't for that terrible roughing the passer call, the Falcons could be 4-2 and two and the Bucks could be 2-4 and four, for all we know. Uh, I'm concerned. It, just, it doesn't seem like Brady wants to be out there. Um, the receivers look, it just looks bad. Um, and the Steelers defense, they're, they're down so many guys. Like TJ Watt, their heart and soul is, is injured. And who knows if he's coming back this season, honestly, for how porous the Steelers have played, I don't know why you would ever want to rush him back, but I'm, I'm putting a lot of the blame on Brady for this game. He, he looked out of sorts and was clearly pissed off. Um, I think he should have been looking in the mirror, to be honest. But, you know, we're going to let it slide because it's Tom Brady and it's okay for him to berate uh, his teammates. Okay, moving on to another 
game where the overwhelming favorite, well, I wouldn't say overwhelming, but the favorite by almost a touchdown, the Niners, I'm not going to take this as an indictment to the Niners. I'm going to give the Falcons some love. I picked against them for the first time. They're 6-0 against the spread, and they're 3-3. Three and three. Looking frisky, even though nobody on their offense is posting world beater numbers. It's kind of crazy how they're able to to pull out these games, but no one on their team plays particularly well. I think it's a testament to their offense, or their excuse me, their defense. Because if you look at their stat sheet for receiving, nobody was above sixty yards. Cal Pitts had nineteen yards and a touchdown. Uh, Drake London has cooled off since the start of the season. But Mariota on the ground looking pretty good. Six for 50 with a touchdown. Um, and he was really good throwing the ball. He only threw for 130 yards, but he was 13 of 14 for two. And, you know, I give the Falcons credit. They're playing good. I don't even want to call them frisky anymore because I think they might just be decent. They don't have a lot of talent, and the quarterback obviously is is not a, a real asset. But Mariota's playing okay. I, I think that if Matt Ryan was on this team, I think this team would be a lot worse because I think Mariota's rushing uh, gives them a little bit of a a boost on offense because, I mean, Tyler Algier didn't do anything of no, and neither did Caleb Huntley. They both had 15 carries but couldn't get anything more than – 60 yards rushing. Um, But I think the real story is how injured the Niners are. And much like the Chargers, it seems like these two teams consistently get injured. You know, always saying, you know, what if the Niners and the Chargers were fully healthy? Well, they're not. And it showed. Um, This Jimmy G is not a quarterback that you want to have to rely on to bring you back from a game. He had two interceptions. He honestly was was fine. And they sh- honestly, they still should have pulled this game out, but the running game was not there this week. Uh, Jeff Wilson only had seven carries because the Falcons got out to a quick lead, so they had to pretty much abandon those intentions. Um, I, I, I still believe that if the Niners are fully healthy, they're probably the best team in in the NFC, aside from the undefeated Eagles, but you know it's it's the same old story. They just can't stay healthy. You know Nick Bosa was out. They have they're down their starting corners, uh, they're down a safety, and their tackles are gone. I don't know when Trent Williams, if Trent Williams is even coming back this season. It's not looking great right now for the Niners, and I'm gonna give the Falcons credit plus. They wore their throwback jerseys this week. I'm looking at a picture of the Falcons right now, and I'm I'm starting to feel the Fal- the Falcons are what I thought the Jaguars were going to be six weeks into the season, where they're they're good enough to surprise teams that we think are really good. I still don't think they're going to go far, but you know they're they're going to be in every game. It seems like at least six weeks into the season, they're in every game. Anything else from this? Yeah, the Niners, I mean, they couldn't get much going on offense till the very last drive, and they finally got Debo and Kittle involved. But I'm giving it up to the Falcons. I don't know if I can pick against them anymore. Six weeks now. Wow, crazy. All right, let's get to the final game that let me down this week. The Packers. Yikes. Um, 
So the issues that we all thought they were going to have, minus Devontae, Adams, and Marquez, are coming true. They have nobody to make a play. But even if it looked like they were going to have a play made, they couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, Randall Cobb might be out for the rest of the season. I don't know how much that actually impacts them. You know, Rodgers' most trusted receiver is out, but even still he wasn't making anything crazy on the stats sheet. I'm I'm worried about the Packers. I, I, the game was in a driving rainstorm, and they still only gave their two running backs 19 carries combined. And it's not like they were bad on the ground. Uh, A.J. Dillon was 4.1 yards a carry in a long of 19, but I I don't understand why they insist on throwing the ball as much as they have. You know, Rodgers threw the ball 41 times to this receiving core, and he had 240 yards, which is about status quo for Rodgers, but they couldn't ever punch it into the end zone except for one. I'm worried about them. I really am. I get this conference isn't strong, and they're still probably game to make a wild card because the Vikings at this point, you know, five and one, it's going to be tough to catch up when you're three and three. But they lost two back-to-back games that they were a touchdown or more favored in, and I'm starting to think that those aren't flukes. That, um, that they might not be great. I. I don't think they're going to figure out the receiver option um, or the receiver thing. Um, everyone keeps saying to go get Odell. I really don't think Odell is going to solve their problems because, A, he tore his ACL in February. That's the second time he's torn that ACL. And Robbie Anderson was on the trade block, but now he's been traded. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Unless they could finagle DJ Moore off the Panthers, I don't think they will. Uh, I this is what we're going to get from the Packers. And the team that I thought they were going to be, where they would rely on running the ball and having good defense, neither of those have manifested themselves, aside from Aaron Jones' blow-up game against the freaking Bears. I, I, can't, I, I can't trust this team. I'm not going to take them if as a large favorite anymore, and I didn't this week, thankfully. Um... But I think that was also due to the fact that the Jets might be good. Wow. Never thought I'd say that starting out this podcast in the first year. But they're fun. Their defense is really good. Quentin Williams is, I think he's going to start getting the respect that he rightfully deserves. Brees Hall is an absolute stud. Uh, Michael Carter got some run to this game. Um... The issue with the Jets is the, the quarterback. He he wasn't asked to do much, to be fair. Um, like I said, the weather was horrible for throwing the ball. But Zach Wilson has yet to play a complete game where I feel confident in his ability to win games. Um, if that running game isn't there, I'll be interested to see how Wilson responds. Um, they don't use... They're two seemingly two best receivers in Garrett Wilson, who they drafted really high, and Elijah Moore, who was in Beast last year. Instead, it's still Corey Davis, who, I mean, Corey Davis was a first-round pick when he got drafted in, I think, 2017. But 
it's it's very weird that they're using Braxton Berrios to score touchdowns and not giving Elijah Moore a single touch. Very, very weird. Um, I mean, Denzel Mims has been a non-factor all year, so that can't be an explanation for it. I don't know. I, I, I like the Jets. Sauce Gardner, he's showing out as one of the best young corners in the NFL. I won't even say young. He's one of the best corners in the NFL six weeks into the season. I I didn't think I'd be saying that. Um, I mean, color me surprised. The Jets look pretty good, aside from Wilson not. And, and again, it's it's tough because he wasn't asked to win. He wasn't asked to win last week. The Jets controlled both games via their incredible defense and really amazing running game. Brees Hall, I think, by the end of the year will be a top five running back. But I think that this offense won't ever fully turn the keys over to him because they're going to keep using Berrios and Carter to to take touches away from, from Brees. Is Brees the Beast a good nickname? I kind of, I don't know, I kind of like that. But I would, I would say if the top five running backs right now, I'd still go Saquon is probably number one right now. I go Nick Chubb, I go Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, maybe Dalvin Cook. And then after that, who are you taking over him? Brees Hall. I mean, he's been great the past two weeks. And he's I mean he's been good all year. They're just finally giving him the carries. And but and again, this game was tailor made for him to run the ball. And the Packers deep rush defense is terrible. So I mean the Jets schedule, I, I think the real test is going to be when they play the Patriots or the Bills. If we see them come out and shellac the Broncos next week, I'm not going to be that surprised because, you know, it's the it's the Broncos. Like, come on. I haven't seen them play tonight, but I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not betting on the Broncos. That that ain't happening. Um. Yeah. I'm worried about the Packers, and the Jets look fun. All right. Oh, boy. I'm probably getting yelled at for this game, but Vikings beat the Dolphins. Oh, what was the final score? Oh, no. I'm losing internet connection. Um, I believe Teddy Beef came back in this game. Yeah, so Vikings won 24-16. to Teddy came back after Skylar Thompson... I think hurt his thumb, a la Carson Wentz. Uh, Teddy was actually kind of decent. He was threw for 329 yards, two touchdowns, but had two picks. Um, I'm still not in love with the Vikings. I I think they're more fraudulent 5-1 and one than the Giants are, to be quite honest. Uh, Dalvin Cook ripped off a long run of 53 yards, but otherwise wasn't anything special. Um, Justin Jefferson is insane. Adam Thielen catching touchdowns. Kirk Cousins doing the Kirk Cousins thing of not blowing the game uh, when he's not in prime time and doing okay things. I just think that the Dolphins are they're they're hampered, they're injured, and um, I I don't know. I, I have yet to see the Vikings be incredible. They're five and one, and I still think that they're. That what they are as a team is not indicative or not. I can't take their record and believe in this team. 
the way that they are right now. And, you know, maybe that's just me being stubborn. But I am not in love with this Vikings team. And maybe I've just been burned too many times by them in the past that I refuse to accept them being good. Um, I, I don't know what else to really say about this game. Uh, Vikings defense uh, made good work of the bad offensive line that the Dolphins have. The Dolphins couldn't get much going on offense aside from Tyreek Hill, who was incredible. Jalen Waddle was also really good, but it just, it never felt like the Dolphins were going to be able to take this game, which I guess is a testament to the Vikings, you know. But I don't, I don't know what I'm going to need to see from the Vikings to really believe in them. They got shellacked by the Eagles, and that game wasn't competitive. And I, th- I, I think if that game was was somewhat close, I would believe in this Vikings team more. But, you know, when you're going up against the best teams in your conference and you get embarrassed the way you did on Monday night, I think that's going to stick in my craw for for quite a while, and it's going to take a lot for me to shake that. And, and again, it's the Vikings, so like, what is there to, to be- believe in? Um, so... Yeah, it's a team I'll keep watching with a leery eye. And on the Dolphins side, they play the Steelers on Sunday night, so get ready for that game. Um, and I believe Tua will be back. Uh, they're being far more cautious with him than I think anyone believed they were going to, which makes sense given the 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 spotlight that was put on his injury. But I expect him to be back. It sounds like he's going to be back. And Teddy B will be, once again, one of the best backups in the league. But, yeah, not not so much. It's not an interesting game to talk about. It's also the game that I think I probably watched the least of, aside from a very quick recap of it. Um, Let's move on to a game that makes me happy. The Yak Attack is back. The Bengals beat the Saints. Andy Dalton was snubbed of his revenge game. Joe Burrow is back. He threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. And he ran one in. And Jamar Chase had his best game of the season, aside from week one. <sighs> it was really reassuring to see this game for the Bengals. They were running the ball okay. They didn't run it a lot. Mixon only had eight carries. But they... They ran the ball out of shotgun most of the time, which I, which I believe they're going to continue to do because they hadn't done it to this point. They, they threw it out of the shotgun. They ran out of shotgun, and the offense was clicking. Uh, Jamar Chase made the secondary look silly on multiple long catches, or well, they were short throws, but he made quick work of them for touchdowns. He was 7 for 132 and 2. Uh, far and away the best receiver on the day. Tyler Boyd was the next best one at 6 for 66 yards. T. Higgins was back. Didn't do a whole lot, but glad to see him back on the field. And, you know, I'll, I'll give Andy Dalton this. He played pretty well despite being down their top three wide receivers in Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave. And they almost won. This is now couple of times where the Saints have been really close in these games and then they just lost it at the end. 
I, I don't know what to make of this team. Are they better with Andy Dalton under center? Because they seem to be more willing to use Taysom Hill with Dalton under center than they do with Jameis. And I don't know when Jameis is coming back. Uh, if he is at this point. I mean, who knows with, with his injury. But whew, this was really reassuring to see. I, I needed to see adjustments from Zach Taylor, which I feel like I got, got enough changes to be pretty confident that that maybe maybe the Bengals are figuring it out see like unlike other teams such as the Bucks where they have yet to figure it out I feel like the Bengals are getting better week to week to week and unlike the like say the Rams the I mean even the Ravens it just seems like they're kind of sputtering now um, and obviously the whole season is an ebb and flow you know no team is consistently great but I loved what I saw. You know, they got back to doing what they were doing. And, you know, it's funny because they always uh, talk about the, the cover two shell they're playing against the Bengals. Every opponent's playing against the Bengals. But what made the Bengals so special last year wasn't necessarily the deep ball. It's their receivers getting the ball a lot and their receivers then making the plays. Like, yeah, Bro had a lot of deep throws to Chase and Higgins and Boyd. But it's also the receivers doing what they did yesterday, where they get the ball and they make a play happen. And I think if they can get into that rhythm with that with those short to medium throws, the offense is going to get back to doing what it was. Uh, Mixon looked decent. Like you said, he didn't have a lot of carries, but he did, did more than enough on the ground to help stave off the Saints. Uh, on a plus side, Alvin Kamara looks like he's fully back and getting more carries than he has... I think ever he had 19 carries which is very unusual for him and you know I think if the Saints can get back to full health or as full health as they can get um I think that I think they could be I think they could be the frisky team that the Falcons just graduated from being mm, I, I don't know I I, I kind of want them to keep Andy Dalton in because I love me some Andy Dalton but I think they're going to go back to Jameis, and I think that might be a mistake. All right. But, you know, I, I saw what I absolutely needed to see after the letdown that was the, the Sunday night game against the Ravens, of which they are now tied with in first place. So that's that's awesome. I'm happy about that. And, all right. Let's get to this game. Pats shellacked the Browns. I believe it was 28-15. to 15. Why does Nick Chubb not get 20 carries every single week? That, that, why? I get that you were down, but lean into what you do best. You stick with what, stick with what got you here. Um, the zap attack. <laughs> I, I was talking with some buddies about this. The Patriots don't have any reason to give the reins back to Mac Jones. Yes, he was a first-round pick, but that didn't stop the Patriots from going to Brady in 2001. And I am not saying that this is what it is. For the love of God, I hope that that is not what this is because I cannot take the Patriots dominating and making football boring for another 20 years. I I will not let that happen. I'm not going to implicate myself in anything, but I would make sure that stuff like that does not happen again. I'm just saying. But Zeppe, 
again, played pretty well in that. He's 24 for 34, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson looking pretty good. He didn't have an amazing rushing game. He was 19 for 75 and two touchdowns. But I think we've hit the ceiling over the past several weeks, what Jacoby Brissett. You know, we, we, we've hit the cap. Uh, it's too many, too many games now for him to be out there and starting. Uh, Cooper couldn't do anything. And now they could Peoples Jones. Um, the Browns are bad. They're not. They're not good. Kind of honestly, this game plan reminded me of what the Packers did not do, which is give their players the ball. I cannot believe Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt had a combined sixteen carries. And again, I understand that they were down, but you you need to rely on what you have. And do that to the fullest that you can do. And if you still lose, then fine. But at least you maximize what you do best. Jacoby Brissett should not be throwing for 45 times. You're going to lose every single game that you have him do that in. Browns stink. I think they're 3-3 or 2-4. Either way, I don't care. Deshaun Watson, another five weeks before he's eligible to come back. And I don't even know what you're going to get from him. So it's hard to think about um, Watson coming back and saving the Browns because I think they might be done by the time that day comes. And another f- weird stat, uh, Kevin Stefanski's terrible as a favorite. Now, the Browns were, were favored in this game. And I think I think he's 6-15 as a favorite, which is which, which, that's bad. So fade the Browns whenever they're a favorite, I guess. Uh, I I don't want to say the Patriots are good because I feel like I'm speaking that into existence and I'll be so sad if if that's the case. Thankfully, they're not the best team in their own division, so hopefully that stymies it um, for the time being. And then maybe Bill retires in, in a couple of years and don't have to worry about the Patriots ever again. All right, moving on to probably the strangest game of the week. A week that I completely got wrong. I picked the Jaguars to beat the Colts, and the Jags lost 34-27. to Matt Ryan. Uh, welcome back, my man. He had almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, and he's playing good in late games. You know, I swore off the Colts after week three, but are they doing it again? Are they sucking for the first five weeks of the season and then turning it on and are they going to make a run now because it's two in a row against two opponents who are well one's bad and the other one is probably bad too they were down Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor but they still made it work with Deion Jackson who was pretty good he had 10 catches for 79 yards that is Deion Jackson Michael Pittman got back to being great. He had 13 receptions for 130 yards. Alec Pierce scored the game-winning touchdown. Paris Campbell, I think, had his best game as a NFL pro. Do the Colts finally have a decent receiver core? I'm going to hold off on that because it's only been one week that we've seen more than one receiver be decent for the Colts. Um... 
Pittman finally had a target that went over 17 yards. He caught a 20-yard ball. Um, anything else about the Colts? You know, they, they beat a divisional opponent. They have to. This next game, though, is an absolute must-win because they play the Titans next week. So if they come out and beat the Titans next week, might have to switch my opinion on the Colts, even though I still don't think they're going to be great down the stretch. But they're 3-2-1. and one. It doesn't feel like they should be that, but they are. All right. Well, the other side of the ball just makes me sad. I really thought the Jaguars were going to be something fun. And now they've lost three in a row. Trevor Lawrence on the stat sheet looked okay. He was... He had a 90% completion percentage, 160 yards, and a touchdown. Ran the ball for 23 yards and two touchdowns. Travis Etienne, it feels like he's taking over from James Robinson. Robinson is just kind of a muddling four yards a carry, and Etienne had 8.6 yards per carry, 10 for 86. I still think that they're more competent than they were last year, but that doesn't say anything. Oh, that's 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 a low bar to um, jump over. It makes me sad. I, I really was buying into the hype for the Jags. And they kicked me in the crotch for the third week in a row. So I'm going to have to swear them off for the next two weeks. And if we come back in two weeks and they're... Four and well, it'd be four and four. Maybe we can talk again, just maybe. But for two weeks, you're banned. I'm not picking you for the next two weeks. <sighs> what, a, what a bummer! Sad days. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Banned for two weeks. Bad Jaguars. Oh, boy. All right. So I alluded to the worst team in the league when I was talking about the Commanders and Bears, but there is one other team that I think everyone is willing to agree on is by far the worst, and that is the Carolina Panthers. They lost to the Rams in a game that was close for the most part, and the Rams pulled away uh, after the half. Uh, still only won by 14, which was so close to having the Panthers cover the spread. Uh, Robbie Anderson got into a fight with the receivers coach, and then he got kicked out. And then interim coach Steve Wilkes said that he's not going to put all this effort into one player. Um, and now Robinson's been traded to the Cardinals for reasons of which we'll get into in just a sec. The Panthers are ass. And I'm not expecting a fire sale. Uh, The rumors of Christian McCaffrey being traded are, I think, a little bit overhyped. I don't see... I honestly don't... I don't know if that happens. But they're bad. They lost P.J. Walker. Um, So I don't even know who they're down to. Oh, yeah. Freaking Jacob Eason got in and played for them. Christian McCaffrey made him look good on one play. And then he threw an interception. Uh, so, 
Yeah, uh, this is a team that we don't have to spend any time talking about other than Christian McCaffrey is amazing, and he's healthy through six weeks, so that's a plus. And DJ Moore deserves the ball more than he's getting. Please get that man out of town and onto a competent team. Uh, what was DJ? DJ Moore had three receptions for seven yards. That is disgusting. Going to the Rams, who have another player that might be off the team. Uh, Cam Akers was um, inactive for what was a personal reason, and now it's coming out that there's a fundamental difference of opinions between him and Sean McVay, which is so strange because they gave him the ball six months off an Achilles injury in the playoffs. They gave him an average of 20 carries a game. I Very, very weird situation that, that's going on there. Uh, so Daryl Henderson toted the rock for a meager 3.6 yards carry. Got a touchdown, which saved him for fantasy. And the Rams lost another tackle. So they're bad. I don't really I don't care about this win. If there's a win this week that I do not care about, they might be three and three on the season. The Rams, I don't think, are doing anything. And granted, their division is pretty open, given the the Niners' injuries and the Hawks and Cardinals kind of being, you know, middle-of-the-road teams. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I just, I don't care. I don't care. If, like, they, they hyper-target Cooper Cup, and that's it. Robinson, Allen Robinson, that is, had a decent game. But they don't, uh, their offensive line is a real problem. And I think they'll get destroyed by teams that have even a semblance of a pass rush. So I, I'm not. I I don't. I really. I truly don't care about this win. Um, and yeah. So look to see Christian McCaffrey on the Bills if that happens. Holy moly, that's gonna be fun. But I don't think that happens. The Panthers will want too much for him. Uh, all right, moving on to the second and last afternoon game. Another game I don't have a lot to say about. I think the Cardinals are bad. The Hawks are maybe good. They're 3-3. Three and three. Um, I think the Hawks, like the Falcons, have graduated from being frisky to being maybe decent. Which is fun to think about. Especially after the tragic loss that the Mariners happened, had, had over the weekend. Losing in the 18th inning, losing 3-0 to the hated Houston Astros. You know what? Seattle deserved a win like this, especially over the terrible Cardinals. Kyler Murray rushed the ball for 100 yards, had 220 yards, and they still... It never felt like the game was that competitive. I had full confidence the Hawks were going to win this game pretty comfortably, and that's what happened. Uh, the offensive line for the Seahawks is looking really good. Their rookie class is showing up for them at the beginning of this season. And I think it's going to continue to be that way. Geno Smith didn't have an amazing game, but he did exactly what he needed to do to win the game. And Kenneth Walker looks like an absolute stud. And, you know, it won't shock me if the Hawks come out of this division as the winner. I don't think you will which I had no intentions of saying at the beginning of this season. So I might be eating some crow on the Hawks, but I like it. Um, the Cardinals just traded 
for Robbie Anderson because Marquise Brown is apparently out for this season, which is horrible for him because he was having a really, really good year so far. And DeAndre Hopkins comes back for the Cardinals this week. I think it's too little too late. They're 2-4 and four and just a bad football team. Cliff Kingsbury stinks, and Kyler Murray, I, 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 I've always had my question marks with him, and I've seen nothing to dissuade me from those question marks. <sighs> yeah, this was a bit of a ho-hum game. And they, I, I guess the last thing I'll say on this is that they couldn't take advantage of the Seahawks' terrible defense, of which the Lions and the Saints both did while those two teams were down. So many other skill players. So, yeah. Cardinals stink. All right, the game of the week, the Bills versus the Chiefs. Bills take it due to two Mahomes interceptions in the... Well, one was in the red zone at the beginning of the game, and the second one came at the very end of the game. After Vaughn Miller turning the clock back, looking amazing, one of the best off-season acquisitions that we've had, for any team, really seems to energize that defense while he's playing. And Josh Allen, aside from the fumble, played great. <sighs> I'm feeling good about my Bills pick to, to take the AFC. And if they really do trade for Christian McCaffrey, because oh, I like Singletary, but Singletary, he's not, he's not Christian McCaffrey. That would be an upgrade like no other this year um and with for the chiefs so for the for to end the bills talk stefan diggs gabriel davis a great one-two punch um and josh allen is a weapon leaping over defenders throwing bombs what a player i love josh allen he he fills the void that andrew luck left in my heart three years ago he really does. I love Josh Allen. But getting over to the Chiefs' side of the ball, two things that stand out for me. They don't have a consistent run game, of which they haven't really had in Mahomes' entire career. So it's not necessarily a detriment to the team, but you know, Clyde can't do anything. I think they really need to give Pacheco a run. Like one week, just one week, give him 15 carries and see what he does with them. Uh, I I don't think it hurt them at this point. But Travis Kelsey, incredible as always. And Juju Smith-Schuster had his best game as a Chief. He had five for 110 and a touchdown. Um, I'm, I'm more worried about the Chiefs' defense. It's not looking good. Uh, the Bills picked them apart this game. Uh, Josh Allen had 330 yards uh, throwing the ball. Mahomes at 338, so... And the game was close till the end. If it wasn't for a Butker missed field goal, this game could have been different. But the Bills take it in the end. Josh Allen not settling for a field goal. They take the game 24-20, to forcing the Chiefs to have to go for a touchdown. Mahomes didn't see the cornerback and promptly threw the interception to lose the game. Everyone's saying we're going to see these two teams again. Probably. Um, I'm not willing to call this a Brady versus Manning rivalry yet. Because 
let's be honest, the Chiefs have beaten the Bills. The Mahomes Chiefs have beaten the Josh Allen Bills 3-2, to two, and two of those came in the playoffs. I need to see the Bills take the Chiefs in the playoffs before I'll you know, crown them the AFC's darling. But everyone loves the Bills because they're a fun team, and they've yet to win a Super Bowl. Um, but I think the Chiefs will still be they'll be fine. They're still the I'd say they're the second best team in the AFC. And I don't think it's that big of a gap between them and the Bills. And behind the Chiefs, who knows? Uh, can you say the Ravens confidently? I don't think so. Can you say um, the Chargers? Maybe after Monday night's game, possibly. Can you say the Bengals? I think right now, you know. Um, uh, being that their win was so fresh, you could probably make that argument. I'm not going to say the Colts. I'm not, I'm not insane. But um, it's it's the Bills-Chiefs conference to play around with to see who gets the first seed at the end of the year, which, to be quite honest, getting the first seed, I think, is overrated. The bye week, I feel like, sometimes hurts teams more than it helps them. Um, but eh, nothing else to glean from this game. It was a close game throughout most of it, and the Bills came came back, and, and they took it in the end. Um, I, I love the Bills. Nobody circles the wagons better than they do. And finally, the last game of Sunday. I think this game honestly tells me two things. One, the Eagles are absolutely for real. You know, they, they, they won the battle against the Cowboys' defense. Uh, Jalen Hurts played a really solid game. Miles Sanders uh, had another really good game. Uh, they won 26-17 in what could have been an upset towards the end until the Eagles pull it out in the very end. Um, and Cooper Rush got exposed. You know, he is who we thought he was. He had three interceptions, threw for 181 yards and only one touchdown. Uh, Zeke had it going better than he has maybe all year. He averaged six yards a carry, had one touchdown. Tony Pollard was four yards a carry. So, you know, they, the, I think the components for the Cowboys, the defense held the Eagles to 26 points. And the, in the Cowboys running offense, you know, did enough to where the Cowboys, they could have and maybe should have won this game. But, because of the lame duck at quarterback, who, again, he is who we thought he was. Lost the game in the end. And he battled back. I'll give him this. It looked like the Eagles were going to run them over and out of town in the first half. But they came back. But uh, they want Dak back. I'm Of that, I have no doubt. Dak will come back and he will be the starter. And then all will be quiet on that front. Um, the Eagles defense was great. They really made work of that offensive line for the Cowboys, um, exposing it more than any other team has since the week one against the Bucks. But the other thing that I took away from this game, are the Cowboys the second best team in the NFC? I think they might be. I think three of the best teams in the NFC might be in the East, which was a division I thought was going to be terrible this year. And when Dak comes back and he's fully healthy, of which he should be, because he's coming back from the same injury as Russell Wilson came back in in three weeks, and Dak will have been out now, I believe, seven weeks. 
And I believe the Cowboys are on bye this week, or they're playing the Lions or the Bears. I'll have to check on that. But when Dak's back, I think he'll make better use of this receiver core than Cooper Rush has. And this this receiver core is not very good. I think it's one of the weaker points of this team, aside from the quarterback play right now. Uh, CD and Michael Gallup just aren't enough to get it get it done. And Dallas or not Dallas, Dalton Schultz has been out for a few weeks now. Um, but yeah, I I didn't think this was such a bad loss for the Cowboys. You know, they were six point underdogs for a reason, and they almost could have won this game. I feel really good about both these teams. And I'm going to do a full recap of the first eight weeks once that's over to see where we're at in the season. You know, see what I got right, what I got wrong. Kind of like what I did last week. But I'm interested to see where my opinion started at the beginning of the year and the biggest swings and the biggest misses that I've had. Um, but with that, we're going to wrap up this episode it was a fun week six, and we still have one more game to go. I'll recap that on the episode uh, later in the week. And I think I think I might be sticking with the two episodes a week. I haven't committed to that yet, but I like talking. <laughs> so I think we'll be doing two episodes a week, um, maybe from here on out. Um, also, basketball starts this week. That really snuck up on me. So I think games start on Tuesday. Um, I don't really have anything prepared because I, I was honestly shocked when I saw a commercial for the basketball starting this week. I thought it was next week. But uh, I do want to talk some basketball. I won't talk about it a lot during football season because honestly, who cares about the NBA until after New Year's? Uh, you really shouldn't. And, and so I'll, I'll give my picks for who I think is going to come out of the West and the East. And I'll give my MVP and all that fun stuff. Um, it'll be a lot shorter than what I did for the football season. Um, but yeah, look for that on Wednesday. We'll recap the Monday night game and then dive into week seven, of which we've got a lot of teams that are good on by. So this could be a this could be a meh. This could be a week that you go outside and touch some grass or play the Call of Duty campaign, which I will also be doing a special episode to release either this coming Saturday or next Saturday, celebrating the release of the next Call of Duty. It's a game franchise that I have played a lot of hours of. And I want to talk about my favorite Call of Duty campaigns and change it up a little bit. So look for that to happen. Um, Like I said, either this coming Saturday or the following. And I might even have some special guests. So look for that. But if you made it all the way to the end, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it so very much. Um, Like I said, celebrating 100 listens this week, which I thought it would take me a lot longer to reach. It's only been a month and a half since we've started. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited and very thankful for those who have listened and have kept on listening. Thank you very much. And I'll talk to you later this week.